1: Welcome to Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy from the Church Next Door. I'm with our lead pastor, Pastor Doyle Jackson. Yeah. Pastor Doyle, we're talking about community today. What a beautiful word!
0: Yeah, the, the, there's something about being together as as Christians and as humans. Okay, as humans, we love it. Jennifer and I recently we watched this 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 video uh, about uh, the song that Lionel Richie and yeah. and uh, Michael Jackson wrote, we you know, are the world, we are the yeah. world. And and they it, it made us feel so good when we came together to come against an evil, which was uh, poverty and famine and starvation. And everybody felt good about that. Well, that's what the Christian community is intended to be. Now, we did that in human effort. And that's the problem. We believe we can do it through humanism. Honestly, a lot of the funds didn't make it where they needed to go right. out of that effort. Right. And and in the kingdom of God, the reason we come together is because we experience this love that and we're unlovable and we know it and and that's why this is so beautiful. So join me today as
1: i take some time and do this i mean this is this is really good you yeah no i the idea that god wants us to be a group and not individuals i mean we he made us individuals but he says come participate in the group you are contributing something but you're also receiving something that's right and so we're going to talk about what we're receiving here as a community on your next step today we call this brave love together
0: Our world just tells, "Well, why can't you just love me?" I can't love you because until Jesus Christ changes my heart and cures my brokenness, I'm not going to be able to love you properly. I have a broken ability to love. It's like trying to get a car to run without a transmission. It's like trying to bake bread without yeast. It'll never rise they never get you where you need to go. Verse 8, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Just a second. This is the New King James Version, and you'll notice that the word there are is italics. I want to teach you something about Bible translation, okay? The Bible translators add words at times, not to change the meaning, but to make the meaning more clear in English, okay? but the word in the Greek does not have, there are prophecies. Love never fails, but where prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are, whether tongues, they will cease. Whether knowledge, it will vanish away. So what it's saying is, is that prophecies sometimes fail. Prophecy is less about future telling. Hear me on this. I've told this to you before, but everybody wants a prophet to tell them the future. That's called divination and witchcraft. Prophecy always invites God's people and the world around it to align themselves with God's purpose. What did Jonah do? Jonah walked through the middle of Nineveh and he said, you need to repent. The way you're behaving is bad. And if you continue on this course, God is going to wipe you out. Okay? Now, because they repented and God did not wipe them out, was he a false prophet? No. Because he called them to God's standard and they lived according to it. When you read Jonah, Joel, Amos, you go through. All they do is they say, repent. 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 Turn your hearts to God. That's what prophecy is about. If I were to prophesy that there's going to be a sale at a certain store on a certain date, that's not prophecy. Now, does sometimes God show us the future? Yes. Why? To get us to align ourselves with God's purposes. Prophecies will fail. Tongues may not all be ne- always be necessary. Knowledge may vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the grace is love. Now, why is this important? He's, he's pointing them to a future time here, isn't he? For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. He's saying one day we're going to understand everything that's going on in our life. He is not abandoning prophecy. He's not abandoning the gifts But he says, guys, you're too focused on the gift. You're too focused on just caring for the poor, and you're not worshiping the Lord. You're not focusing on your love relationship with God, and you're failing to truly love the community around you, to to love the people around you as you're supposed to. What he's really saying is, is something is missing. And that which is missing is love. Do you know what it feels like to have something missing? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Have you lost your at least your car keys? Uh-huh. Know that feeling. What our world needs right now is to feel whole again. Okay? And what is missing is love. And see, you and I are Christians and we're called to love and I think it's time for us to really do that. We've got to lean into that. So let's look at this, all right? Something is missing and if if Maddie can come home, maybe we can get back to that loving feeling as the song goes, okay? First Corinthians 13 1 Corinthians 13:1, we just looked at, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So that means if if I if I have spiritual language or if I have language, if I speak to people, but I don't have love, it's a waste of time. So rate yourself. Would you, and, and maybe you'll sit down and have this conversation with closer friends in your life. Would you say, I'm an optimistic person when I talk? Do I find kind ways to express myself? Am I closer to the, the 10 on the spectrum there of some sort of sweet love? Or am I more just a clanging nails on a scratching board, you know, a, a chalkboard when I talk, you know? Did, it, see, I think those are things that need to change in us. Well, but I'm just naturally, I'm just naturally a pessimist. Change. Excuse me? Someone came up to me last night after church and they said, you know, I'm very shy, but I feel like I need to have this conversation with you, pastor. And I said, well, that's great. And and they were just overwhelmed because as a shy person, they felt like, you know, it was a real stretch for them. Listen, I'm proud of a shy person. Who will step across that line? Because guess what? Sometimes to be shy is to be selfish, isn't it? And it, it sometimes to be extroverted is selfish. Sometimes what feels good is not always wise, okay? 1 Corinthians 13, 2 and 3, we've looked at it, I'm going to review it again. And though I have the gift of prophecy, or though I have prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So you can have a strong spiritual life, but if you aren't loving, big whoop. That's a southern expression, you'll have to look it up. And though I bestow all my goods to feed... And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So a spiritual connection of love. There's somehow, when you and I engage in spiritual activity, love has to be there in order to make it whole. In human connection, love has to be there to make it whole. It is not the whole message of God if there's not love there. And, and, And the core of that love is for God so loved the world. So this puts us in a quandary, doesn't it? I remember what it was like to be on the bus in in Israel when I first went there in 1986. There was a group of us. We were, we were masters and college-level students from all over the world. There were, there were students from Japan and Africa and, and China and United States, and, and it was just amazing, okay? It, it was so much fun. And I remember us, we'd be riding down the highway, in, in the Galilee, or in the desert, it didn't matter where. We're studying the Bible, and, and someone would start leading us in a song. And we would just sing together. Have you had that experience? Not the little one in Israel, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? You've had that experience, Right? You may have been in high school and you were on a team and, and, and you've won and you're singing as you're going home or you're part of the band or you've been a part of some group at some point in time. I remember promise keepers in in Indianapolis and in a stadium full of men worshiping God with their hands up. And I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And my question for you Are we going to give that up? I don't think so. But we have to decide. Are we going to have as much hope as some people do to their dog returning home? I mean, I love pets. My dad was a vet. But I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is so much more important. And I will not stop here because... It's an incomplete message. And we, we have determined in our heart. It's why we fought for it so hard all last summer. And I will continue to fight for it because it's important to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. In 2 Samuel 6, 13, it tells the story of them bringing the ark to Jerusalem, okay? David is king, and you need to know the context here. There had been an earlier failed attempt. This is what I mean. David understood that God wanted him to bring the ark, all right? From where it was located, at it, it, one time it had been in Shiloh, and because of a battle it got left at a dude's farm. It's a long story, okay? They're going to bring it to Jerusalem, and, and one of David's uh, men, one of the priests in David's time, the, the ark begins to falter, and he reaches out and touches it and dies, and everybody's like, "Woo!" okay? So it became the narrative at that point, we shouldn't bring the ark to Jerusalem. Clearly God doesn't want that. But David is determined in his heart. He knows that this is what God wants.
1: We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email. It'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things
0: best— when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do because you're partnering with us. You're listening and and we want to give this to you and then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. You got to go right. and get it because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself because it transforms us to confess that aloud.
1: We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I wanna look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email. You'll get this PDF. We believe it's gonna bless your life. Let's continue with your next step.
0: You say, well, why are you making such a big deal about this? Listen to what it says about David when they brought the ark to Jerusalem. And so it was when, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he, he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord and shouted and with the sound of the trumpet. The story is of this picture of they just move it a little bit. They offer sacrifices. They feel like they've got God's approval. They keep moving. David begins to dance and they have this dancing procession all the way to Jerusalem with the ark. Now you need to know there were people that opposed them doing that. But, but David believed as their leader, David believed as the king, that they were designed to experience God together. Are you prepared to worship God even though your family members become ashamed of you, laugh at you and make fun of you? See, sometimes we think that if it's God, there'll be no resistance. Here's another example. It's called a sacred assembly, okay? Throughout the scripture, it says, call a sacred assembly, call a sacred assembly. This is one example. It's in the prophet Joel. It's prophet Joel 1.14 says, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Now, why is this important? There's something, connection, between the repentance of the people and their regathering. And I believe that God will do something for us as we consecrate, okay? To consecrate means to make holy, to set apart for a holy purpose. If we will set apart ourselves and our gathered worship together for that holy purpose then we're telling god god we recognize that we need one another and see this is why This is why Paul writes the church at Corinth. If you guys are fighting, if you guys are divided, it doesn't matter how many spiritual gifts you got. It does not matter how many times you feed the poor. If you do not love each other and you do not worship together, think about it. It's in the context of receiving communion together. It's in the context of giving together. It's in the context of doing life together. God has always designed his church, his people, ones called together to do some things together. And you and I have got to find ways. We have to find the language to encourage our brothers and sisters, our neighbors and friends who are afraid in this season. We have to find on-ramps for them. We have to give them the, the permission that if they're not comfortable yet, it's okay, sit in your car. Sit outside. We're going to give you. We're going to give you ways to participate. Maybe you need to create an an online watch party group that meets every week together to worship the services together online. Find ways. It, we're going to have to lean into this more, not less, as we go forward. You have to understand that the that the narratives, in the same way that David had to push against those narratives, you got to realize when it says here, call everyone. It does not mean they did a push notification or they went on they made a call and it just dropped a voicemail into everybody's phone. Like you're going to respond to that. I mean, it's so compelling. We only get 35 or 40 push notifications a day. Folks, I, I went to buy a pillow recently and I've been getting push notifications three times a day since then. It's making me question my pillow. <laughs> you and I, if you go and you invite your neighbor to church, you have the ability to walk them through that. You can say, well, listen, um, I've done it. We, we sit outside or I've done it. We sit inside. Yeah, I've, I've done it. You can watch online. Give people permission to do this in steps. You know what I'm saying? Don't require them to start with speaking in tongues. Eh. Because I have not love. Hello, people. And then finally, to cry out to God. The purpose of us gathering is to cry out to God. It's in a collective awareness of our need for God. It's a collective awareness that, that this is important that we do it. And what I believe we will experience is a communal victory. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus, if you go look at the context always, whenever you look at Scripture, look at the context, okay? A text without a context is a pretext, okay? In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, I'm going away, all right? The author of the book of Acts is Luke. The same guy who wrote the gospel of Luke wrote Acts. He said, in my former book, O Theophilus, this is the first verses of Acts. In my former book, O Theophilus, I wrote to you about all the things that Jesus began to do. So this book is about what Jesus continued to do. And then Jesus says, he says, I've got to go away, but I want you to stay in Jerusalem. Verse 8, he says, the Holy Spirit will come and empower you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. Into the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jesus said, I'm leaving. If you go back to the gospel of John, he says, it's better for you if I go away. I have a God has a better plan than me staying here in my resurrected body until the end of time. Whoa. And he says, the better plan is for you to wait for the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to empower you to be my witnesses. And I know people that are still arguing with God over this. They're still arguing. They're saying, if I could just be with Jesus every day, I'd be fine. You rebellious. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Jesus says this is the better way. Now, this is what happens. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had had fully come, they were all with, with one accord in one place. What's one accord? Is that a Honda? No. Old pastor's joke. I get it, okay? It, is, it means that they were in agreement. They were in a unity. What does that mean? That means, God, we're here and we need you to show up. We miss you desperately, Jesus. We miss being together the way it was when you were here. You realize there were other people that weren't at the meeting. You realize there were other people that went home to Galilee. You realize that there were other people that missed out on God. And what he was doing. Because their heart was broken in that season. And they just couldn't rectify it. I worry for the church right now. I fear for the church. That some hearts are broken. And they won't come back to the place that they were meant to be in. Folks, this is our season. God put you and I here now to be salt and light. Verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire and sat upon each one of them. What I'm saying is this, if you and I would just in this season, if we'll make room for God's Holy Spirit and unity, if we'll just say, okay, God, I don't know how you could show up, but we're going to gather together. And every time you and I gather, okay, And, 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 and you need to know every time we gather, whether it's online or in this room, every time we gather, you come with the expectation, God, I'm here to worship you. I recognize this is a sacred assembly in your presence. And see, I'm here to love you, God. I'm here to receive love from you. I'm here to give love to you, God. I'm here to give love to my neighbor because I recognize that it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for me to gather with God's people and not love them. And can I just tell you something? This is going to blow some of your minds. This is going to blow your minds. Just, Just grab a hold. All right? Are you good? You realize that there are people in this room that voted differently than you. Yeah, I know it for a fact. It's even possible I could be one of them. And we're all still going to heaven because we love Jesus. Folks, it's time to leave politics in the trash can at the door. What's most important is that you and I love Jesus and we walk out this in love.
1: You have been listening to Brave Love Together here on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, I've been working hard not to uh sing the Turtle song in my head during this, you know that the Happy Together song? No, I don't know that. Oh, I'm not going to sing it. Thank you. I <laughs> but, appreciate that. But so happy together is what oh, that's Yeah, yeah, I know yeah the you song know that now. song. Yeah, yeah. That's like from the 60s, oh, man. Oh, yeah, well there used to be an oldies radio station here oh, in Columbus wow, that my man. friends and I loved, so Wow. So the turtles. Yeah. yeah, the turtles. But
0: I was thinking of like ninja
1: turtles, to be oh, honest, when you wow. said that. And and
0: that's why. We've I, got a lot of turtles. At hey, our dude, that's all I could think of was. <laughs> but uh, being
1: together, what a wonderful thing.
0: Well, yeah, I think that so many times we, we resist being together. And I think if I can say this, COVID taught us that it's yeah. okay to not need anyone and not want anybody. Which is incorrect. It is incorrect. I mean. If, if it wasn't for all the truck drivers, it wasn't for all the grocery stores that stayed open, if it wasn't for a lot of people that kept this world going, I know there were some people who didn't have to work. So together is part of love, and that's what we wanted to unpack today, is that God really wants us as a part of community and a collective yeah. experience that, that God has
1: always seen in that, and that's why that's important. And one way that our friends can uh, engage in us, uh, in community with us, yeah. is they could send us an email you know i i got an email today from a fella i i looked up some church uh management ideas from him and he said hey this is an automatic email but if you respond i will get it and i will see it yeah in the same way if people would send us an email say hey i like the show i have a question about this etc we're going to get it we're going to see it we're going to respond i
0: get i get emails every week from people that are doing a year in the bible with me and they say hey pastor I love this lesson on Mark six, you know, where they, they'll say, uh, I, I had a question about this. You didn't talk about this. And I know there's too much in one chapter. Of you, and, and I love it. They just email me at pastor, pastor at TCND dot org. And the TCND stands for the church next door. So just pastor at TCND dot org. And, and it actually comes to me. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I wish I had if you want to volunteer to come answer all my emails that 's another opportunity for you too but now we well, 're going to see it and uh, we 're going to respond and we 're going to enjoy seeing it. so we really hope you 'll send us an email pastor, pastor at tcnd.org after you send us an email, come back and we hope to see you next time on your next step. Your next step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to help keep us on the air, visit DoyleJackson.com and click Give. That's DoyleJackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Feder Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.